Hello and welcome to another episode of the Voice of Wealth podcast. I'm Charlotte de Capoisson. Today I'm joined by Ed Sheng, Global Chief Investment Officer of BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Good morning, Ed. Nice to see you again. Nice to be back. Are banks back in vogue? Ed, you've worked for several different banks in your career, so you are well placed to discuss banks. The environment has dramatically changed since the great financial crisis of 2007 and 8. In the wake of the crisis, banking regulations have become a lot stricter. Moreover, the higher cost of risk, the zero interest rate environment, the arrival of new online competitors, as well as the need to invest massively in technology in the digital transformation have squeezed profits. Many investors believe that banks are structurally condemned to report lower profits. Is this true, Ed, or is there a way forward? Well, all that you've said there, Charlotte, is of course true historically. And it is true that banking profitability today, whether you look at the US or Europe, is nothing like what it was pre-2008. You could argue that they were the glory years of banks, if we look from the 1990s and the 2000s, all the way up to 2008. But since then, we have been hit as banks by a battery of different um, waves of pressures, shall we say, firstly from regulation. So there's much tougher regulation today, which is probably, a, which is a good thing. Maybe the argument was that banking regulation was too lax in the lead up to the great financial crisis. So it is only right that that should have been tightened. But of course, when you talk about banking profitability, banks today have to hold a lot more capital to do their business than they did before, which mechanically reduces profitability. There are other pressures, as you mentioned, competitive pressures have certainly risen. Uh, there are new competitors, new challenger banks, new online competitors in the fin from the fintech arena. And on top of that, probably most importantly, we have the challenges from a zero interest rate environment, which is never good for banks because they tend to make money on what we call interest rate spread. But when interest rates are zero, it's very difficult to make money in any sort of interest rate spread. And on top of that, of course, last year, the economy was extremely volatile and banks are economically sensitive. So they do well when the economies are growing. But when economies contract, as they did for um, part of 2020 in the wake of the coronavirus crisis, that's not good either. So there have been a whole host of pressures on banks. Is there a way forward? Actually, I think there is because capital ratios are much better today. Banks are starting to enjoy the benefits of economic growth. Um, so there are some signs for banks. It's not, um, it's not all gloom and doom yet. Okay. And since Lehman Brothers collapse in 2008, some people have been concerned about future bank failures and the safety of their deposits. How likely is a bank failure, Ed? I think it's rather unlikely today. For several reasons. I think the first reason is simply regulation, much tougher than it was before. So the banking regulators um, are very much on the ball and watching like hawks to see for any signs of stress in banks, and they try to protect the banks, therefore. Secondly, part of those regulations have involved a massive increase in capital ratio. So banks are much better capitalized today, which means that there should be far lower risk of banks getting into trouble because their balance sheets are much, much stronger. They've got just a lot more money on their balance sheets to prevent this sort of thing. And I think thirdly, let's, let's be clear, if there is economic recovery, you will get a recovery in activity. That in itself should make bank failures less likely. Um, 
So I think, and, and, and really, if we look at the banking landscape, particularly in Europe, but as well as the US, you've seen a lot of banking mergers. So a lot of the weaker, weaker banks in Europe, for instance, in Italy and Spain have been taken out and have been merged or subsumed by bigger, stronger banks. So the new bigger entities are much, much stronger than these more fragmented, smaller entities as they were before. So that consolidation in Europe and in the US of the banking sectors is probably a good thing for the clients. The provision of credit and services is essential to the functioning and growth of the real economy. And what else do banks offer? <laughs> well, I mean, there are loads of different services that banks offer. I mean, we can start with a basic, what is the model of a bank? Well, a model of a basic retail and commercial bank is you take in deposits from savers and you lend out money at higher interest rates. So you offer an interest rate to the saver and you then lend out the money at a higher interest rate to borrowers. And that could be borrowers for mortgages for houses. That could be loans for cars, loans for other things, for consumer loans. That, of course, could be loans to companies. And the idea is here that the banks make the money on the different difference in interest rate between the deposits and the loans. Very simple. But banks do a lot more than that, of course. That's the very basic model. Today, you can provide all host of services to consumers. For instance, in the bank assurance model, insurance, life insurance, which is like a savings product, or house, um, housing insurance, car insurance, health insurance, all, the, all types of insurance. Uh, they, of course, also do things like car leasing, which is a big, uh, big activity, for instance, for BNP Paribas, for other French banks. They're very big in car leasing. They are, there are also, of course, the whole host of, we can talk about uh, asset management and wealth management, so private banking and savings products um, for clients. So that's another huge avenue, and that's we're part of that. And then there are, of course, our investment banking activities that can be trading, that can be, of course, um, primary activities such as helping IPOs launch or launching debt uh, issuance for, for companies or indeed for governments. So there are a whole host of different activities, a gamut of financial service activities that banks undertake today, depending on what type of bank they are. Are they more a retail bank and a commercial bank? Are they more an investment bank? Or like something like BNP, universal bank, that means they do a little bit of everything. After being shunned by investors for a decade or so and being consistent laggards compared with other sectors, it looks like bank stocks are starting to pick up. Is that actually happening, Ed? And what are the attractions of investing in banks yeah. nowadays? Well, there are some signs of life in bank stocks. If you look at the share prices, that is true. They're well off the lows that we saw back in March 2020. But they have, over the, over the last few months, generally lagged the broader stock market. So in other words, the broader stock markets in the US and Europe have done much better than bank stocks up until very recently. We are starting to see signs of life now in bank stocks in the last few weeks. Um, and I think the key drivers are that we are seeing um, bond spreads widening. So that is, if we look at the, the difference between long-term interest rates in terms of bond yield and short-term interest rates, when that widens, so in other words, when the long-term interest rate goes up, and widens the spread between the short and the long term. That's good for banks. They benefit from a wider spread. We are seeing wider spreads, particularly in the US, in the bond market. That helps banks, and that banks are reacting to that. Secondly, banking results have just been better than expected across the board in Europe and the US in general. So again, the fundamentals are improving for banks, judging by the results. And of course, economic growth 
which we expect to be strong and vigorous through the rest of this year, will also continue to help that recovery in earnings. And finally, in Europe, banks were pro prohibited by regulators from paying dividends to shareholders last year. This year, they are now once again allowed under certain conditions. And that's very important because historically, they've been very important income stocks for investors looking for regular income. So again, that attraction will start to come back after having been removed for banks last year. Ed, bank valuations appear very low today. Can we consider banks as value stocks or value traps? That is a very good question. A lot of investors would say they're value traps. Fintech is going to eat their lunch. The banks are condemned <laughs> to a slow and lingering death. You know, you get a lot of pessimists. I'm less pessimistic than that. I think a strong and vigorous banking sector is important for economic growth because they do. we provide credit to the economy. And growth relies to some extent on credit being offered, particularly to companies as well as to individuals. You know, people can only buy houses if they get mortgages in general. Companies can usually only expand and invest if they have access to credit, which banks provide. So I think a healthy banking system is important to a healthy economy. And so I do think that banks do have a future. Of course, they have to change. They have to cut costs. They have to become much more digital and improve their online offering. But they're doing that. They're spending billions and billions of euros on technology every year to do that. Um, so I do think there is a future, but it's not going to be easy. Um, but yes, I think right now there is an opportunity for investors in banking stocks, particularly for those who are stronger and can therefore see stronger recovery in earnings and stronger recovery in dividends as a result as well. So yes, I quite like looking at bank stocks. And of course, there are funds, financial funds and ETFs. There are a whole host of products that you can buy to get exposure. Thank you, Ching, for being my guest today on the Voice of Wealth podcast. See you soon. See you soon.